Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Two in the Think Tank, the show where we come up with five sketch ideas. I'm Andy. And I'm Alistair George William Trombley Birchall. And Andy, we're here to have a hit chit chat, but have you ever had a chit a hit a hit a hit chit chat? A hit this is a this can hopefully be a hit chit chat, but have you ever had a chit anything else, like a chit eat? Have you ever had a chit walk? <laughs> I, well, I mean, does chit does chit only? I mean, a chit walk that does make sense. Do you want to go for a little chit walk? But well, you're I talking mean, about a chit chat only. Walk. That's what you're talking about, right? But does it only describe certain types of conversation? You know, can you have a, a chit DNM or a chit or it's a modifier? And it can modify anything. Yeah, I, it could be a chit. You're right. It could be a chit walk. Well, what's the difference between a chat be a... and a chit chat? <laughs> That's true. I don't. It feels like they're the same thing. Oh, I know, right? but I think a chit chat, firstly, feels sh- shorter, oh, and it feels it feels lighter and more nimble, and maybe more fun. So there's a lot of online, a lot of um, TV chat shows. We're going to have the first TV chit chat show. Sure, and, <laughs> and and it's going to seem a lot like a chat show, but it's there's a, there's crucial differences, uh, subtle but crucial. Yeah, I mean, like it's shorter. I know, but you're not you're not, suggest- you're not suggesting what they're going to be. You're just saying shorter. how crucial they are. <laughs> <laughs> And while I love, I love knowing the the level of cruciality. I feel like we've got to yeah. get down to what it actually is. Is it faster? What? Is it like on a on a conveyor uh, belt? You know, the, 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 uh, the, yeah. Oh, I think it should be. I think it sh- chit chat does. You're absolutely right. Chit chat feels like something that you would have on an escalator for as long as it takes to go on an escalator, right? So, yeah. So I mean, you know, like a like a sushi train, mm. right? Could you just be talking to people <laughs> as you go by it. them? <laughs> I just had an idea yeah. for um for for I don't know I don't know exactly what it is but it's um but it's people who've been trapped together in a cabin in the woods for like 4 years mm-hmm. okay and for whatever reason they still haven't got past <laughs> chit chat have they haven't got any deeper than small talk okay and I just think so they're stuck in a me, cabin in the woods it's yes can't leave. They've got a supply of food and they've been trapped together, these two people, but they still don't know each other very well. Yeah. It's still very superficial. <laughs> it's still, you know, ooh, cold today or uh, where'd you get that hat? I think you're, they, haven't had, they haven't scratched the surface. I think you're talking about what many people's marriages have been over history. <laughs> mm, sure. I think what no. you're describing is male friendship. Andy, you know that's not true. You know that's no, not that's true. true. You're just no. you're just playing into stereotypes for comedic <laughs> effect. <laughs> and you know what? I'm not gonna fall for it. I saw um in the street the other day. Yeah. Uh I saw two guys having a chat, right? And they were friends. Yeah. I don't. I don't think they were more than friends. I don't think they were in a relationship. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, right? But they were very intimate. The way that you know they had their arms around each other. Yeah, and they were like in this sort of conspiratorial huddle almost, and laughing and enjoying the conversation. And I thought it looked really great. So, but how I'm do you know that they were just out- friends? <laughs> well, I think that the two women who were behind them also talking were their wives. Right. And I'm sorry if I'm wrong about that, if I've assumed things in the wrong way, but I was looking at this conversation, it seemed like two very close friends, but who were also comfortable being in physical contact with each other. Yeah, and it sure. did it, it it really it really moved me. I thought that's a, that is amazing. That's not something you really get in male friendships. No, I mean they might be And I felt jealous. They might be conjoined twins. 
they could join non-identical <laughs> twins. <laughs> this is a this is a great um, great topic for a MythBusters type show, right? Um, or you know, we, we we're going to investigate. There's a rumor of a male friendship where the two guys are very comfortable being in physical contact with each yeah. other, but um, but we, on our show we set out and we investigate that that paranormal sighting and we debunk it. We prove <laughs> that they're actually conjoined twins and everyone can breathe a sigh of relief it's, and be like, ah, it's like, it's like the X-Files. I mean, it gives There's me a an, reasonable, rational, scientific explanation it, it for this gives me, that has nothing to do. It gives me an idea, <laughs> which is it's called truth busters. You find things that are actually mm. true and then you yeah, find right. other explanations for them. Mm. They're true, but I don't want them to be true. Oh, yuck. Don't want them to be true. <laughs> um. you can, here's a little story you can tell yourself so that your, your worldview isn't, um, isn't affected in any way. Um. It's called a convenient lie. It's the opposite of an inconvenient truth. Um. A comfortable, mm, uh, un- false, false, falsehood. Now, it's called a comfortable falsehood. Um, now, I have to go back to this idea that you brought up before because I didn't write it down because I don't think that there's mm. any comedy in it yet. Um, uh, yeah, okay, great. Now, two people are in a cabin, right? Now, mm. so And then we have to somehow show that they've been in there for four years and they're going, how's mm. the weather? But then we also have to somehow make it seem like like they don't we like like we have to make it clear they never talk about anything else. Yeah. 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 So that's tricky, isn't it, to make it clear that they're not talking about something. Yeah. I think right? that is hard. Like um, Yeah. And and I think while the concept of people's a relationship never developing, you know, it's kind mm. of like, you know, it's essentially like somebody who's very short. Right, it's like mm. laughing at someone who's very short. You know, they just never grew any further. It's a relationship yes. of small stature. It's it's um it's stunted. It's in a state. That's right. Of, they um, were smoking too much, yeah. and they got stuck in a chit chat. Uh, you know, in a chit chat uh, s- stage of the re- of the Cycle, relationship forming, yeah. and they and they stunted its growth. Mm. I mean, mm. I don't know if I any, mean, you know, like, yeah, go. It, well, I'm thinking about like you know people talk about getting in the friend zone, you know, when you want to be in a in a um, conversation uh, in in a, in a relationship with somebody. If you'd like your relationship to go further, there's this toxic idea of being friend zoned. Well, these guys haven't even made it into the friend zone, right? They're in the they're still a, uh, acquaintance zoned or stranger zoned, mm. even though. They're in this situation, and the the will they won't they um, tension of their their narrative is not will a will they, they won't they sex sex thing. <laughs> will they become acquaintances? Yeah, will will they have a ever have a um, yeah get anywhere with their conversation? I can't describe this anymore. It's a will I'm they won't they, but it's about anal sex. Oh. <laughs> It's a couple. It's Ross and Rachel, and they've done everything else. Oh, wow. Oh, my but goodness. The audience is just are on the edges of their seat wondering whether or not uh, Jennifer will eventually peg Ross or whether Ross will eventually peg Rachel. <laughs> he will wear a strap on. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a great. That's great, isn't it? And every, all the water cooler conversation around the table. I mean, of course, there will be the episode in which they eventually do seal the deal, right? And then after that, there'll be this awkward phase where Ross is uh, where, <laughs> where Ross goes and has anal sex with some other women. Oh yeah, we were on you know, a- after <laughs> they got together. I thought we were on a butt break. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah. He's um, he's getting married 
to somebody Rachel else. Rachel is pegging, pegging and then Joey they for say, a while. Ross, do you take Emily to as your loving wedding wife? <laughs> and he says, anal sex with with <laughs> with Rachel. <laughs> oh no! Oh, oh gosh! <laughs> oh, I am going to have anal sex with Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> now, what is it, what is this? Uh, what are you calling this TV show? Friends, right? Because it, it's still called Friends. <laughs> this is in an alternate universe where Friends kept going. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. You know, Friends is on season forty-three. Mm-hmm. They're like, what else can we write they're about? They're running out of ideas. <laughs> It's um and it's the like one it's, with you know, like, the butt stuff. Like that time the the they that guy wrote uh a nine eleven episode of, of Seinfeld. Mm. And then, so this one is the anal episode of <laughs> of Friends. <laughs> the anal sex episode. <laughs> write it down, Alistair, write it down. God I hope people are listening to this at their ceramics class. <laughs> They've just dipped back in. The person who once tried to play the podcast to the ceramics class, and we were doing some awful, I think it was testicle based stuff. No, I think it might have been about long boobs. That's where we kind of came up with the idea of long tit. tit. Yeah, right. Okay. They this now they haven't they haven't spoken to anybody in the class for the last five years, Mm. and but now they've just plucked up their courage. The courage. To uh, to put on another episode of Two in the Thick Tank, and it's this one. They they haven't learned a thing. No, they're still, and and they're in a class, which is the worst bit because they haven't oh. learned a single thing. <laughs> they haven't learned a single ceramics. It was actually technique. a ceramics They've studio been too where they made it. They made it uh, for work. Um, what? But that's okay. That's okay. I don't understand um, what you just told me. I said it was a ceramics studio, like as in like instead of a class, they actually made ceramics for a living. Right. And sold them. Yep. Oh, that's you know, what it was. Oh, I, I, you, you, sorry. I thought you were tagging it with a comic twist and you were doing the exact opposite. You were adding a tag of factual information at the end yes. to – uh, remove some of the comedy. It's, you know, yeah, less than a tag. I was kind of replacing the whole animal, um, mm. you know, <laughs> rather than tagging it and then releasing it. Yeah. When you mm. when you talk skin, about tagging skin a joke, tags, <laughs> you should I'm be around, about allowed to tags. write information on them. Yeah, you should. You should. I was thinking. You know, yeah. For me, it's like a graffiti tag. You know, and it's um now that we've got that um that stuff that spray on skin stuff where you can spray it onto people's burns and that sort of thing, and yeah. it uses stem cells to help new skin to grow. Now people are using that for graffiti out in the streets, right? They've they, they've got it in. They're shaking up aerosol cans of spray on skin and spraying it onto the walls of of buildings and the side of trams and then skin is growing on there with hair and that sort of thing and they're writing, you know, obscene stuff or, um, yeah, it's just, the, it's just the next frontier in graffiti. Yeah, yeah, so it's like a living With skin. human skin. And yeah. So it grows hair. Does that mean that it has the potential to grow a full person? Like that is, that it was, you know, like maybe it started as a bit of graffiti but then eventually it grows a face and like some legs and... But then it says. I like, mean, I suppose you you could spray it all over like a statue or something like that in the city, and then it would have the form of a mm. of a human man. But then you would have to. But like, I don't know. For me, I don't know if it if, if it forms a sentient being. I would prefer if it was just a layer of skin in the shape of somebody's um, somebody's. I know you would tag. prefer that, Andy. But you know, um, this person is here now. You've created them. And even though you prefer yes. the, to not have graffiti people in your mm. in your town, and I understand that you know you rural mm. people are uh, less capable of accepting peoples of, of that have differences. Yes, 
Um, That's right. But you've created this person, and now they're here, and they're they're a person yep. that is made out of skin and flesh, and they're mm. but they're in the uh, shape of the word bunta. <laughs> <laughs> And they they have their eyes on the B and they have a foot at the base of the first O. And they have an arm at the the top of the A. Yeah. Or maybe one of the, you know, they got fingers at the bottom of one of the A's and they got another eye at the top of the, at the top of the A. They got a nose on the T. I'm wondering if the, if the work for the doll graffiti removal people though, still have to come around and murder these skin graffiti people with axes or machine guns or something <laughs> as part of their <laughs> well as part of their graffiti removal. I think I think job. what happens is a person gets attacked by one of them. One of them jumps off the wall and then mm. attacks it. I think it's probably Bunta. Mm. And unless they've got a different name to what they're spelling out, you know, maybe his name is Mark or something like that. Uh, it's an alias. Well, Bunta is, wow. yeah, it's, it's just, you know. You but, don't think Bunta is his Christian name? Well, I don't know, you know, I just don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying yeah. that because your body spells out a word, it doesn't mean that's your name. Oh, I see. You know what I mean? Yes. I thought you were talking about the graffiti artist was Bunta. Well, the graffiti artist was Bunta. But then right. by writing out Bunta, you would assume mm. that the person who's made out of flesh uh, out of the graffiti that's made out of flesh would then be called bunta because his body spells out bunta. But of mm. course, if I make, but I don't think it's. I think it's like Frankenstein's monster, right? Your uh, bun- it's it, bunta isn't the graffiti, right? Sure, bunta is the name of the graffiti artist. Yeah, but you know, but this the cre- the monster is called bunta's graffiti. Um. Yes, but it's now a person, so I don't think you can just refer to it as as graffiti anymore. Especially once it leaves the wall, I think you can. Eh? Plus, Frankenstein's think- monster isn't isn't written in the shape of the word Frankenstein. <laughs> isn't like, you know what I mean? So, so there's there's less confusion with that one, even though there has already been a yeah. lot of confusion. Yeah, um, yeah. Man, then, there's going to be so much confusion. With and this you could one. imagine once yeah. these flesh people, you know. Uh, flesh graffiti people uh, they start you mm. know like there's one on one wall one on another one they'd start talking to each other and then they would start creating a mm. little society there you know yeah would they peel themselves off the wall eventually and crawl around like a yeah. sort of a sentient sort of carpet yeah I think once they I guess they're kind of like the flatheads or the uh, the souls of the of the sort of land world because they're flat like mm. like a flathead and then they mm. they travel. Mm. I mean, I, I imagine they would just travel with their feet and their fingers and crawl along the ground. But then you could prop them up. But then they would be looking at the sky because I think they're kind of two dimensional. So they do have feet and fingers. You think? Eh? Well, well, they'd be tiny and vestigial little fingers. Well, that's what we were saying is that, end, that different part letters would mm. grow. You know, because they they grow a full person yeah. eventually on oh, there, but it's still in the shape of a yeah. bunta. Hmm. I think it's a great idea. I'm very excited about it. I'm not sure wh- what the origin story of this situation is, whether or not it's kids deliberately choosing to use the human skin or whether or not there was just a mix-up at the spray can could be, factory could be the, where the lady. they mislabeled. You know. you know the lady who made it, who made this skin? Yeah. She probably Catherine has a lot something. at home in her garage, you know, early early yeah. designs. <laughs> and her kid, she's got a kid who's just reached teenagehood. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, you know he's getting and, really oh, into, goes into the garage. Yeah, yeah, and he's because you know because with with graffiti artists, I think you're supposed to steal the paint as well. Really, I think that's a big uh, was a big part of that culture. Mm. You know, it's an interesting part of it. Why? Well, why do you think that? <laughs> well, I'm the- I mean, I, I I don't know. I don't know that a lot of artistic cultures have rules about how you get the materials. Maybe I'm wrong, but well, you know. let's say let's say in uh, you know in jazz there was kind of like a culture of like uh, you shouldn't get the notation, the music. You should just learn songs oh, sure. and, and your instrument through by ear. 
You know, mm-hmm. I guess in comedy we feel like um, that jokes you have to get from your own mind and experience rather than have other people write it yes. for you. Yes. There's kind of things like Some that. Some of us do feel that. That's Some correct. of us do. Some of us, those of us mm. who don't really make any, you know, much money on the stand-up scene, <laughs> uh, we do feel that. But those of us who make lots of money uh, and release things very mm. regularly... Not so much. I mean, could you do that with other uh, other type? You know, could it be a a restaurant that has that ethos where they they only cook with things that they've shoplifted? Mm. Um, or is there a possibly a funnier example? Um, you know, um, let's see, let's see, uh, architect. Well, because often there are restaurants that are kind of themed like that. There was one that I went to once accidentally, um, where they were like, "Oh, we only." have food that's been bought in the 50-mile f- radius or a 50-kilometer radius or something oh, like that, yeah. you know? They put restrictions on yeah, themselves. Local. Mm. You know, uh, mm. something that's been grown in a house, something that we found in the sewer. <laughs> yes. That's not ideal. That would be... <laughs> that would be... Well, what a challenge. <laughs> what a creative challenge. <laughs> wow. Um, I guess there could be garbage things that have been found like that have been dumpster dived for. Oh, I'm I'm sure that that exists somewhere in the world. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think the food regulations here would probably make it difficult to get the place licensed. But I I think technically, if you're if you're doing it only with things that are stolen, as long as they can't track you down and pin it on you yeah. directly. You might be able to get away with that as long as all the food is still within, you know, expiry dates, etc. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. The problem is having a paper trail, and also yeah. all the employees—they're also having their wages stolen in an elaborate wage theft. This would be a great, great new venture for George Columbaris yeah. to use his skills that he developed in wage theft yeah. for running his restaurant empire. And now applying that to the entire business model, everything is stolen. Oh, imagine not if just you the wages using using yeah. Oh, but like, could you use wage theft as a process for processing food? Could you somehow steal the food's wages? I don't know how this works. I guess then you'd have to be cooking people. Sometimes <laughs> it's a cannibal. I guess. I guess you could do that. A cannibal <laughs> tribe could eat food that's only been made by stealing their wages because they've died of starvation. And then you would yeah, eat Yeah, but them. It wouldn't, they wouldn't be very good. I don't know that eating, eating creatures that have died of starvation. Oh. I, I, I don't know that they, you know, you'd be able to get the choicest cuts of... What is the most delicious way um, of, of ha- having someone die, a person die, do you think? That makes them the most delicious. Well, it's probably ob- obesity or something like that. You like think somebody so? who ate themselves to death, maybe. But I mean, it, I suppose the idea of a starvation terrian, yeah. somebody who only eats creatures that have died of starvation, is an interesting idea. Yeah. I, I presume it would be very lean and it would perhaps be a good way to lose weight, like as a diet. Yeah. You know? I'm a dietarian. I have only eaten things that are on die. Oh, yeah, that's true. I guess so. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, there's a few things that you eat that are still alive, like what, like a, I guess a spider while you sleep. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, okay, look, I'll try and write one of these down. What is it? Um, what is oh, it? Starvationarian. Uh. <laughs> Not great, but you know. I mean, yeah, no. It's, I guess it's something. I was thinking about uh, a new form of. Oh, no, the problem right. is that no, the all I was, the pain yes. they undergo actually makes it taste better. You can taste the pain; it releases like a mm. like if it did if mm. it, like that's that would be the most awful thing created by the human, you know, like by bodies. If they, if like something underwent torture. If it made it taste better, yeah, yeah, you're right, and you know that probably is the case for certain types of factory farming. I mean, that's that's basically what it is with foie gras, isn't it? Like you're force feeding these geese through a tube to make their liver inflamed. Like, surely oh. that's a form of torture. Oh yeah, that 
then does make apparently their liver more delicious. Wow. Um so yeah, you've 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 really hit upon something there. Yeah, well, there you go. You know, very clever in that way. I guess it, I guess <laughs> it's just if you say anything horrible, you go, actually that mm. does exist and you go, oh, I'm a genius. I'm a genius of horrible mm. things. Mm. Um Yeah, it's a shame there's not, you know, there's no easy way to express that. Mm. You know, or to make money from that, from your ability to create horrible stuff. Maybe we should become horror film writers. I think that there's actually, you know, it's one of the few, uh, hor- it's one of the few genres that just has a built-in audience for the whole genre. Yeah. Because people just want to see things that can potentially scare them, you know? So mm. I think, and I think horror and comedy are actually not that far apart, so... Um, I would be into that. And I think it should have to, something to do with things coming out of people's nipples, particularly men's <laughs> nipples. You know? Yeah, great. Oil. I think the nipple is probably an unexplored. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Just, yeah. Like, I mean, especially imagine that if it's like, it's something that also makes you super combustible. Like imagine mm. it's like if it was like a hydrocarbon that's coming out of your nipple. Oh, that's a really good idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you wake up and so, the bed is always soaked in it. Well, is it could it be something that is is sort of going around the town? Like a lot of the time, you know, it's you know, for like the ring or move the ring or it follows or something like that. Yeah. There's this something that's passed from person to person. And it is that you know your your nipples start secreting a a, a high octane hydrocarbon, mm. right? That pours down your front and renders you extremely flammable. Yeah. And then you like if you get near any sources of ignition or anybody who's smoking or anything like that, mate. And it's great. You know what? It's great if a um if a film is a metaphor for something. Maybe our film could be a metaphor for secondhand smoking, in that. Um, there's a lot of people in this town who smoke and flick ash around, but it's those close to them, the ones who've recently experienced hydrocarbon nipple leakage, that are that are catching fire. Yeah, I mean, people love that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, but the fact that actually <laughs> that that there's actually smoking in it makes it less of a metaphor. <laughs> but <laughs> but that's fine. I'm happy with that as well. Um, uh, yeah, you know what? I've I've, um, I've been less worried about about like secondhand smoke um, since finding out that just having like gas in your house gas, is a much yeah. worse thing. Mm. I mean, I feel like our wood fire in our house is oh. probably doing also way worse than the gas. Totally. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, it's, I'm always it, opening the door, having smoke billow out into the room. Really? Come, like, isn't there like a vent or something like that? It's supposed to take it away. Yeah, there is. There is. But sometimes, um, you know, if there's uh, if the wood's a little bit wet or something like that, there's more smoke than can be than escape up the chimney. Sure, sure, and sure. Sometimes when you open the door, yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's just another small way in which I'm poisoning my children. That's okay. Andy. I think that's great. And when they listen, when you know, when Part they're the old enough to texture. I mean, luckily, there's so much of this podcast. Assuming they make it to old enough. Yeah, luckily, there's so much of this podcast that none of our family members will ever listen to it, any all of it. Yeah. And yes. I think you're pretty safe, even though you're putting this there technically in writing. Um, mm. it's it's in writing of ones and zeros, and mm-hmm. uh, you're officially, essentially, signing your own like uh. You know, like like you're 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 gonna lose whatever the court case is gonna be, um, when your you know children sue you at some point or whatever like that. You know, um, tell me what you think of this idea. I'm looking forward there, to is there it. any way we could we could we could build a computer? Yeah, right. Where all the um, uh, the the ones and zeros that are written into the hard drive are somehow written in beautiful cursive. In longhand, you know, in handwriting. People love handwriting. Yeah. What about a computer that uses, that uses, somehow uses handwriting <laughs> inside, top, inside of the. 
the hard drive when things are written onto mm-hmm. the hard drive. This is this is so good. Instantly, I'm writing it down. A computer. <laughs> when you laughed, I couldn't tell. Um, oh, do. don't worry. I'm, if I'm, not sure, I'm not sure how I feel about it for real either. <laughs> so, so it's like it's like this imperceivable thing in yeah, which, like, yeah. it, I guess it's a it's a new classier type of computer. Yeah, but even like, mm. but <laughs> Andy in in actual computers, like on on like a mm. in a solid state <laughs> yeah. drive, okay. Yeah, they're not writing an actual one or they're zero. Is that what you're about zero, to tell me? <laughs> <laughs> so, are you describing about like the idea of a one or zero inside, like a, like an on or off kind of electrical channel, deep inside mm. the computer? At some point, it interprets yeah. it as a one and a zero, but they are in cursive. No, I think in my computer yeah. they are literally written as literal ones and zeros um, onto in very small but in longhand cursive onto the spinning disk. And then the technology to read that back would have to be more advanced. I imagine, <laughs> this is just for me, I imagine that the little laser that reads them is wearing a monocle or possibly some of those opera glasses. Sure, maybe a beret. Because this is a class Maybe a computer. scarf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, and it does it by candlelight. There's a candle in there. Could it use even more sort of like flowery kind of uh, things and actually use mm. like, what about like, you know, it has... A- a pen that is made from a big feather. Yeah. Well, what about instead of like a like a one and well, uh, instead of ones and zeros, it's the word exquisite and the word <laughs> superb. Reprobate. Yeah. <laughs> reprobate. Exquisite so and reprobate. Of... In cursive. <laughs> Those are the two. That's the binary. That's the binary. When you think about it, it can be binary. Can be anything. Any two states. That's right, it doesn't have and to be why one not zero. the words exquisite and reprobate could, written in longhand? It could be Andy and Al. Why can't each of the letters be one of those illuminated letters like the monks used to do on the first page of a book? Each of the ones and zeros. Uh, there's a tiny monk in there. You know, we used monk technology. So what's the illuminated letter? You know, um, illuminated manuscripts, those are like ancient books. You know how like sometimes on the first page of the book, the first letter is big. Like if there's the word is life. Yeah, it's big. It's in a rectangle. There's little drawings and shit all around yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know. I mean, that's probably going too far. We don't want this thing what to is, be What ridiculous. is the – I mean, it could be a photograph of you and then a photograph of me. That would be That good. could be the binary. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I, what, what could you, what could you, what could you store in there? Eh? You know, like, well, I'm thinking, like, I mean, how big is the file? How many of these photos? Well, well this is what's interesting. The binary, Andy, mm. is a photo of you, and it's a photo of me. But mm. this is actually, this is something clever. I think I'm doing. <laughs> but, oh, wow. but everybody encoded, encoded in the photo is like the DNA of the computer. It's all the hard-coded stuff that you want it to know. So, yeah. um, and so then you could, so anytime any data is lost, yes. you could, um, you could rebuild the computer from. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what that does. This doesn't make sense where I was going here, but no, no, no. I think I see what you're saying. So, um, the ones and zeros of the computer. Let's forget the photo thing for the time being. Yeah. Right, but like each bit, you're saying that each bit of the computer contains the full source code or um, machine code that is required to run the computer. Potentially, yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that. Maybe is is this this could be a bit blockchain that every single bit of information in the computer is actually uh, a unique uh, <laughs> blockchain identity made up of several thousand other bits. Look, I don't know what the, so, what the blockchain bit is, mm, but all right, but let's say <laughs> let's say it's two <coughs> pardon me, let's say it's it's you know it could be 
let's say you want to have two computers in one, right? Okay. Um, it's your computer. It's my computer, right? I don't know why, right? But this is mm-hmm. like the marriage between two computers, right? When two computers have a baby, um, mm, yeah. they get they get the one the one computer gets all its source code uh, there, and then your all gets all, all the source code there. And instead of one and zero, it just points to all that source code, and so so it still counts as one bit, right? Yes, because it's just pointing to it. It's just there, hard coded in, right? That mm. that 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 that, right? Mm. But you can always go one step further and get all that information. <laughs> yes, I don't know what we're doing here. Is this a sketch, Andy? I don't think it is. Oh. You, another thing you could do is instead of ones and zeros, you could have computer or no computer. Okay. Right, and this is sort of a next level language yeah. where the one is a computer, yeah. <laughs> the, the zero is, it, is no computer. Is it this computer? So we're encoding. Is it? But is it this encoding computer? Encoding our data as computers. Computer or not computer? It, which? <laughs> but like when it says it says computer, is it the computer that it is? Which computer is it talking about? Uh, no, no. I, there'd have to be lots of computers. You'd have to have heaps and heaps of computers. Why? Right? We're using – because we want to install, store lots of data, right? And it, one computer or one no computer equals only one bit of information. Yeah. So we'd need lots of computers to store everything we want to store. Sure. But what I mean is like, like I understand that there would be like, you know, in the – Oh, so wait, when you say that there's it's a one and a zero, are you saying like do you picture that it's it's not the same one over and over again? You picture that it's a different one? Yeah, they're different computers. <laughs> no, no, no. But stop talking about the computers for a second. Just do the ones and zeros. Okay. <laughs> when you yeah, picture okay. ones and zeros, right? Like let's say it's like one zero one 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 zero one, right? Yeah. I think I always picture that it's always the same one. Oh, that's really interesting. No, I think they're different ones. <laughs> I, I think maybe I picture. I think all the ones are different. Yeah, right. You think all the ones are the same? I just thought that one. there was just one one, and there's only one zero. No. And then no. each location the that it's in, it just opens a portal to where that one actually is. Somewhere yeah, the true, the true one in the back end of the universe. Mm. <laughs> I think, I think what we've hit upon here is philosophy. And I don't think I think we're messing with forces we can't begin to understand when we try and uh, talk about this kind of nonsense. Okay, um, it's very specific, but uh, you know it's an interesting question. Yeah, are all the ones the same one? You should ask a proper mathematician. Is there just, or are they different? Yeah, but I think that they, I think. Do you think that some, is the one that I count the same as the one that you count? Yeah. Do you think there are some philo- philosophical questions that are not? important <laughs> like do you think that if you, you if, you, this, if you, you think this might be one of them if you talk to a philosopher do you think that they'd go well that one's that question's not important or do you think that it's by you know like do you think that if we thought about this for long enough that we could find a way in which it's important and then unlock a secret to the universe um like let's say there really was yeah, just uh, one one <laughs> Yeah. Then would the key yeah. be to... Do you think that if we could, we could then find that 1-1 one, one and change it? Imagine that. Imagine if someone found the 1-1, one, one, yeah. right, in the universe and they changed it to be like 3 or something. Yeah. Okay. Now, every every 1 Everywhere that there's people a one. count, is actually, there's actually 3 now. Yeah. Do you think everything would collapse? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Because, I mean, I guess it would only affect Earth because I think we're the only ones who have come up with numbers so far. I mean, but I think numbers might be a fundamental concept that exists whether or not you use them or not. Yeah, right. right. So, okay. I mean, I, that, that, I mean, that's an interesting question, right? So say there's somewhere in the distant universe, right, there's one dwarf star that we have never interacted with and never seen. Yeah. Never contacted in any way. Is there really only one of it? And is is it is it one dwarf star if nobody's been there to count it? Is that an interesting question or is that really dumb? Yeah, but but that but that's it. I mean, a does the number one thing, right? does like, the number I mean, one like, exist then, but no, but, there? 
right? Yeah, well, that's the thing is that, but the, if you change the 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 one one into a three, mm. would would yeah. that affect that one dwarf star? Star, would there now be three? <laughs> would dwarf that now be three dwarf stars? But then, um, but then every individual atom would also be mm. s- into one. Or do you think by being together? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Because then it becomes like, like, the, uh, like the motion stuff that Einstein talked about. Because you can never get mm. an absolute frame of reference, right? You can never find... Mm then there has to be there's never like a a a one truth you know like mm. because you know because if i'm if i'm throwing a ball up in the air or whatever it's going up and down but for somebody if i'm on a train and somebody's looking at it from over there it looks like it's going up and you know diagonally up and diagonally down yeah or whatever like that yeah. and then if somebody else is looking at it from earth it looks like i'm spinning around the sun going up and down diagonally or whatever mm. like that right and so mm. it's the same thing with these ones right so that means mm. that because sometimes uh, it's one dwarf star, but then sometimes it's the it's one of you know six billion dwarf stars that are in the universe. So it depends the point of view that you see it from. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, and I so wonder then, where how the like the, the fundamental values. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I guess the speed of light. It, the only reason it has the values that it does is because of the units of measurement that we use to measure it. So whether or not there are ones and fives or whatever in the measurement of the speed of light is dependent upon the the very specific circumstances in which we're measuring it. Yeah, I think so. Right? So you you probably couldn't change the value of the speed of light by changing the value of one. Hmm. Alastair, do you want to say what yeah, you were going to say? I guess not. But then, what would Can be the speed me? of light in the in the in the numbers version? Oh, I can't remember. Can you hear it, me? Oh, it's gone. Everything is. <laughs> you can only. <laughs> Alistair. Yeah, I can hear you. Can you not Alistair, hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, okay, great. Yeah, no, I'm just you. you I wasn't sure yeah, if we were having you. a conversation anymore. <laughs> okay, great. But Andy, can you hear me? Yes, okay. I can. <laughs> this is oh, this is not going well. I feel like we were getting too close to something fundamental about I the know, universe. But, so, and but if that, the forces of reality tried to derail our conversation, so we didn't touch on something really yeah, big. Yeah, I think maybe your your mind may have glitched. Yeah, that's also possible. Actually, true. Andy, three hours has gone by. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but like. You, Wait, what would be the speed of light in the in this number thing? So like so what so so let's say let's say if we try to just do the parallel, right? Um uh. in in the Einstein one, it's mm. shape and motion. Wait. Is it no wait, then or is it speed? Yeah, it's kind of like speed and it's all sorts of things, isn't it? But what what do we look at? We would and, have to, and direction, yeah. Oh, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can do this. No, I I can't do it. It's it's too much. It's too much. It's like people who do maths in th- you know in extra dimensions of space and shit like that. You're like, ah, oh, fuck off. Yeah. And uh, if, if there's, there's there's no hope here, how do you uh, how do you even begin to understand it? <laughs> how many ideas have we got written down, Alistair? Because I two, think three, we might four, need to five, reset six, seven, by going seven. <laughs> Great. Um, and that is in a universe in which the value of seven is actually five. Um, that's right. I mean, it, somehow it always comes back to like just a bit that we did in magma or whatever. <laughs> a mm. lot of these things. Um, anyway, uh, would you like to go to three words from a listener? 
Yes, desperately. All right. Well, today's uh, listener who uh, is a Patreon supporter and uh, and has sent in three words is David Byrne. David or Byrne. David Bourne. Thank you, David Byrne. Bourne. Mm. Um, and uh, David has sent in three words today. Um, would you oh. like to try to guess what one of the words is? Yeah, okay. The first word is timeline. Timeline? Oh, no. No. But the, a lot of these things do follow a line of some sort. Um, it is cargo. Okay. Second word is friction. No, pants. Cargo pants. Really bad guess. <laughs> um, ship. Cargo ship. Now is the third word going to be pants? God, I'm going to feel stupid. Cargo shipmates. Cargo shipmates. Cargo shipmates? No, I'm sorry. The answer mm. is cargo ship derailment. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. What what does that mean to you? Is ship uh, sh- are these ships on rails? Um, you know, I think of a, a cargo kind of... ship as as the um, relationship somebody has with their cargo pants. My cargo ship. Wow. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. And so okay. and cargo so something has happened derailment. in which somebody who is. Mm. Very close to their cargo pants. They only they almost exclusively wore cargo pants. Something mm. has happened to make them completely go off cargo pants. Wow! You know, there's been a cargo I mean, ship derailment. Yeah. What could occur that would cause you to go so anti cargo pants? I mean, could it be a traumatic experience of putting your your um your hand into one of the pockets and finding like some really old food yeah, in there that's just gone really disgusting and that um I mean it feels like you know how like you've got to empty out the kids' backpacks at the end of term yeah. or at the beginning um, because of because the then new when term. you go back after the holidays yeah okay but like at the at the you go back at the end of the holidays the beginning of the new term and you discover whatever horrible stuff is in there what's a situation where people who wear cargo pants right some subset of people who wear cargo pants uh, have to uh, go on a break for a period of time in which they wouldn't be wearing cargo pants for a long time and then eventually come back to those cargo pants well, now to answer this question we need to find who are the people who wear who stereotypically would be found wearing cargo pants well i mean I mean, there's German tourists. <laughs> um, there's, um, there's uh, people. Is it Limp Biscuit? Would that would that be associated I mean, with Limp Biscuit? I used Biscuit, to wear cargo of cargo pants. pants? Um, I yeah. think that there's somebody who's like a holdout. There's a there's a group for people who are holdouts mm. and are reject mm. this woke ideology that cargo pants are bad. Mm. Right yes, and indeed. and so there is a group of them There's that a... not only love cargo pants but they try to find more and more extreme cargo pants. So they wow. so that means that they they find cargo pants with more pockets, even more pockets mm. on them, and they mm. actually try to carry more and more things in there. So they have to have. I of- love this idea, Alistair, yeah. <laughs> of this 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 cargo pant culture, right? And it's like you know, like people who are really into body modification yeah. or something like that, or really bit into Nerf guns, you know. And they get they want the most extreme version of that thing, and they end go down these these rabbit holes. And there, you know, we find this subculture of you know cargo pant ha- sort of hacking mm. type people, yeah, who are always pushing themselves. Maybe there's even a sort of a uh, an underground competitive element That's right, yeah. to have 
the most extreme cargo pants with the biggest pockets, the deepest. And, and it's that kind of thing where it's so yeah. extreme, you can't buy them. You, it, the, These people have to learn how to make cargo pants or there has to be just people mm. within the community that make cargo pants for people, you know, mm. and they all become kind of crafts mm. people. And it's the only way. It's like the kind of the furries and the people who dress up as, uh, you know, like as comic book yeah. ca- characters and stuff like that they all have to become manufacturers of their own stuff because there's no legal way that you could it's actually illegal to have as many pockets this is where <laughs> as they're gonna have on there right and i think where you get these cargo pants are not street legal that's right yeah you can only wear them on private premises and and they find ways of disguising the amount of pockets on there so they like they sometimes have mm. one pocket but actually inside there's like six pockets in there and so they yeah. disguise it to make them seem street legal right and there's a um yeah there's a there's a sort of a secret the equivalent their equivalent of a secret handshake is to be um you know you're, you're in in the workplace and you're wearing your business suit or whatever but like you if you see another guy across the across the cubicle you can sort of hitch down the the waistband of your pants and reveal the the, the, the sort of the khaki uh uh, uh, cargo shorts that you're wearing underneath there and then you just give each other a little wink yeah they they all have like a, a sort of a secret like cargo pocket tattoo mm. you know maybe they even have pockets tattooed down their arms and legs yeah and legs why did you go with arms i know i know it seems weird <laughs> it seems weird but th- this is how deep these people are they found a pant that goes yeah. that has a an arm sleeve in it how do you feel about this, Alistair? Cargo underpants. Uh, yeah, I'm really into it. Like boxer shorts yeah, that go great. all the way down. They're like long johns, but with pockets all the way through. Yeah, yeah. Or, or I, mean, <laughs> I mean, for me, I was thinking um, regular, like tidy whitey Y front style underpants, but just with like lots of pockets oh, sure. hanging off them. I don't know why, but I feel but like. But I, I wonder if your silky boxer short cargo yeah. pants is probably funny. <laughs> I mean, that is Because very the funny. idea of going to bed with lots of shit in your in pockets, your pockets yeah. as well. Yeah, and such a horrible idea. And and then what happens is is that we see this person. I want you know we're following somebody in this world, right? Mm. And they're they're getting more pockets. They're getting you know sort of you know more intense securing methods of like fastening the top. Oh, at the, yeah, really you know, so good. you can carry more and more weight, and so they're carrying more and more things in there. But then at some point in this you know in their cargo pant wardrobe mm. there starts to be a smell right and this mm. guy can't find where the smell's coming from there's so many freaking pockets to go through cuz there's so mm. many pants with so many pockets right and then at some mm. point you know there's just been some food that's been put in there and something and these pants mm. have not been worn in an early you know prototype model yeah put his hand in there it's a real cautionary tale you know some some goo, some like like a black mold kind of thing that he ends up breathing mm. in. Mm. Uh, you know, maybe like and he he gets he dies spo- and he refuses <laughs> to reveal to the doctors his the, the whole the whole cargo pants subculture, right? Because the doctors want to know where did you come into contact with this mold, but because the 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 loyalty within the cargo pant world is so intense, a- he won't reveal it. It's a even to save his it's own a life. sealed pocket that world. Yeah. Um, it's, oh, imagine that a cargo pants with a I'm locked pocket. I'm also picturing cargo hot pants. Yes. Of you course. know, like a very but sexy even gold pants you glittery. can wear on your arms. Cargo pants you can. I the the toxic side of this um and you're not talking about like culture the, would be the actual mold. Mm. No, not the mold, okay. and I'm not talking about the mold. The toxic side of this is that, like, guys who are really deep into this, they have so many pockets so big and so much weight in those pockets, they have to have their belt or their waistband so incredibly tight that it starts to damage their body. Yeah. They're losing blood flow to their legs. <laughs> um, their families are, like, like devastated yeah. by what they're doing to themselves. The jangling, the jingle jangling that they would make as they walk because they're mm. carrying so many things. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and they have to. They are like um, you know morbidly obese people who have to be lifted out of their houses or something like that. But it's just because of all the weight of stuff that's. It's, in their it's not their actual bodies because they're actually <laughs> no keeping quite fit due to all the exercise they're doing. Yeah. But I mean, I guess exactly. the I guess what this could be is also just like there's an investigation because there's been a death, mm. Mm. right? And then it's the investigation. It looks like a murder, but it's actually a, a cargo Alistair, pen accident. This is an episode of um, Strange, Unit, Strange Unit, Unit Unit. Yeah, they find a body that appears to have atrophied from the waist down. It's been he's been strangled to death, but over a long period of time and in the middle. So it takes a lot longer to strangle somebody. I mean, yeah. that makes you think straight away that it. That it's that it could be cargo pants for me. That's what it. That's what that makes me think. It, I don't. Think, it has to be strangled in a strange way where it doesn't make sense. I don't think. Like it. Like it has to look like a regular murder, and then you find out that it's some nobody super is advanced. Thinking that. Nobody. Neck. Nobody is thinking Andy. it's cargo pants. It, it, no, no, but I know, but but <laughs> but as soon as you find out about the cargo pant world, you know, like hmm. you would you would go, oh, there's the cargo pants. <laughs> But if it was like still around the neck, so it seems like it's a regular strangulation, and then you find out it was somebody working on a pair of pants that you wear around your neck, you know, and he he flew too close to the sun. He he wore pants too close to the neck, if you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) And the episode is called Icarus. (gasps) Because think about this. Think about this. Like, you know, drawstrings, mm. drawstrings, right? Now, yeah. they you have to tighten them, right? You have to tighten mm. them forward. The, the force has to come. Mm. It has to be a kind of a horizontal force. But if the drawstring was being tightened by the downward force, the downward pull of the pants, mm. right? Then those would be yeah. self-fastening pants, if you wore really like a lot of stuff in your pockets, you see what I'm saying That's here. A good idea. Right? But then, yeah, let's say exciting. you were trying to get so much room that you had a pair of pants that you would have over your shoulders, but uh, that come up, like you know, up over your torso, and you fasten around the neck, and then, but then it gets so tight that you choke and die. <laughs> this is how this man died. Yeah, it's really good. It's a real um, tale of hubris. Huve, and, um, hubris, yeah. which was the guy's name, Martin Hubris. Mm. Hubris. Alistair, I've got to go really soon to go pick up my kids. Do you want us to take through the sketches in like three minutes? Can you do that? Yep. Okay, here we go. Uh, the first one I didn't write down. Second one is Truth Busters. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's just a dash there with an empty space. <laughs> but after that, it's Truth Busters. Yeah, Show where you bust true things you don't want to be true. Um, I got a blank space, baby. I got a blank space right, for you. Sketch idea down. Um, will they wait? Oh, will they? Won't they have anal? It's a Ross and Rachel four hundred fiftieth episode. Um, um, flesh graffiti people. <laughs> Andy loved that idea. Um, okay, star- starvation tarian. Those who die of starvation, only those. Yeah. Then we got nipple hydrocarbon horror movie. I think I took a lot of your ideas and ruined them in this episode, Andy. Then we got computer that writes ones and zeros in cursive. (laughs) (laughs) That one I didn't ruin, Andy. See, I left it in its pure pure. Yeah, it's pure. It's a monument to man's hubris. There's only one one. Find it and change it and fuck up the universe. <laughs> and then that is like that would be a great episode of uh, that would be a great new installment if they're looking for the next idea for Indiana Jones. If they're going to make number six, dare I suggest that um, the Nazis try to get their hands on the one one the one, one. They want to change the value of one. They try to find the because, back end of the universe. <laughs> or they try to this is this would be a good idea. Nazis try to find the one true zero, okay? Because at the moment there are zero living Hitlers. And they want to find the one true zero and change it to one. To be one hundred. <laughs> to get one hundred Hitlers. <laughs> living Hitlers. And so then that would mean that everything that there's nothing of, there would be a hundred <laughs> yeah, of them. There's a hundred of them. 
That's right. But that's the, that, I mean, and that's what happens when you play with these forces beyond man's ability to comprehend. Oh yeah. Okay. They were just they're going to destroy everything in order to just get their dream of one hundred living Hitlers. This is such a good idea, I know, Alistair. I've written it down. Um, I'm going to text Steven Spielberg. Uh, the one zero, Indiana Jones, and the one, and the one zero. zero. The one one zero one. <laughs> um, oh, the one true one one zero one, and then change it mm. to one one zero Hitler. Uh, <laughs> forget it. Uh, then we got okay. Uh, I gotta go. And then there's oh, cargo yep. pants, subculture, death, and then they change the one to zeros. Yeah, really okay. Uh, thanks very much. Oh yeah. Boom, diddy, boom, diddy, boom, diddy, boom, diddy, boom, 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 ding, boom, ding, boom. Thanks so much. We love you so much. I was on. Shut up a second. You should listen to that. And Andy is. We're gonna be on Who Knew It with Matt Stewart very soon. And I was just recorded a new episode yesterday of Who Knew It with Matt Stewart. Oh great! I'm really excited for that. Anyway, take care. Ta-ta. Bye. And we love love you. you. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.